Hello, what is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the All In Man K podcast. I am your host, Cole Haight. Back for round two, Tyler Martinez is back with us. We did a MLB episode that will be in the feed for anything going on with baseball heading into the postseason. Today, we will be talking NFL. We have 48 hours left, people. 48 hours until the NFL 2021 season starts. There is a few things that happened with some some teams and some players going into week one that's been different than most of the recap NFL news that I have given throughout all of the last 15 episodes that I've done for the All In Man Cave podcast. Quick shout out to all the listeners out there, all the new ones, all the older listeners. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Any way you can support it, whether that be a comment, share my Facebook post, anything. Also, big shout out to Tyler Martinez, who is back with us again. What is going on, Tyler? Hey, not much, man. How you doing? Living the dream. I'm glad you're back with us. Tyler's got some stuff. I've got some stuff. We're going to talk NFL. We're going to do some week one predictions. We're going to do some divisional stuff. We're going to do some news. And then I've got a gambling segment at the end for us to go over. So if you guys listened to the MLB podcast that we've done already, Tyler did not hit on his parlay. It was ridiculously off. And yes, I don't was. have any reason to explain how or why, but that's what happens when you gamble. So Ty, you got two out of six, correct? Which will not win us $190 and 47 cents. Yeah, this is why I don't ever bet. All right, I'm fair terrible. Enough. But today we're going on to the NFL. So Ty, Let's kick it off. What do we have for the news and notes? All right. So, so far, it's two points about the Ravens, actually. Uh, Ravens signed their tight end, Mark Andrews, to a four-year, $56 million contract extension. Adds up to be $14 million in annual value, which is the highest in all of national football. Pretty shocking because Travis Kelsey is considered the best tight end in all of football. And the fact that Mark Andrews is making more than him is very surprising to me. So, yeah. So the reason why Mark Andrews is getting more money than Travis Kelsey is because Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, two very good friends on the Kansas City Chiefs, are trying to recreate what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did with the salary cap. And they took team-friendly deals, especially at the beginning of their contracts versus the end of their contracts. So, kind of like the opposite of, of Kirk Cousins where he wants all his money guaranteed. They're kicking the rock down the, down the street. They're kicking it down the way. Uh, multiple years down their contract. He signed an extension not too long ago, but he will get re-signed. Obviously, Travis Kelsey's way better than Mark Andrews on almost every level. Uh, the only argument you can really make is that they're both decent red zone targets, like almost similar red zone targets. But Travis Kelsey's an overall better player. He just took a team-friendly deal. I mean, I mean, that's awesome to hear, though, because how many of these players are like, no, I want all this money when granted, if you're making like 15 million dollars a year, like, come on, like, that's nobody, a lot wants, of money nobody wants to talk about Tom Brady. Everybody wants to hate him, but he does the same thing. Tom, by the way, I may have said it on the on the one of my other podcasts, but Tom Brady's salary cap um, hit this year is nine million dollars. Really? Salary cap hit is nine million. Interesting. Yeah. So move on. What do we, what do we got? We got some more Raven stuff. What do we got? So after the injury to justice Hill, he tore his Achilles is going to have surgery. 
Uh, Ravens are now working out Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman. And they're already short on running backs. Very interesting. So if you're a Ravens fan and you know how your offense works, getting running backs hurt, not very good for Lamar Jackson. So J.K. Dobbins already tore his ACL earlier in the offseason. He was going to be out. He's a clear number one with Gus Edwards being the number two. Justice Hill would have been the number three. So now we're down to, to Gus Edwards. That's it. They need multiple running backs to be effective in this offense. They had that previously when Mark Ingram was still in town. Mark Ingram now gone. Uh, so I'm surprised they didn't call him to come back because he's in a backfield in Houston that consists of very injury prone David Johnson, Philip Lindsay and himself, which makes no sense at all. I've multiple, multiple things about the Texans roster doesn't really make much sense, but we'll talk about the Texans in, in just a few minutes. So listen, Le'Veon Bell is a cancer to every single uh, locker room that he ever has been at, except for maybe the first few years in Pittsburgh. The dude's a drama queen. Like a lot of people talk crap on Odell Beckham Jr. for being a drama queen. He's just really like, he's just really amped up. I I got similar stuff talking like to me when I was a kid, I'm like super amped. Um, I'm louder in terms of like my tone. When I talk to people, that's the way. Yeah. That's the way Odell is like, Le'Veon Bell is an actual drama queen. I think he's more of a cancer to a locker room. He didn't really, but he was talking crap on Andy Reid, like in Kansas City when he played for Kansas City. So Le'Veon Bell doesn't need to go there. Now, Devontae Freeman's interesting, but he's injury prone. And you should know that he played for the Giants. He was on IR. They said he was going to be on IR. Then he came back and played for a game and then he was out. Wayne Gallman ended up taking that spot. But Wayne Gallman did great. He was yeah, great. He did. And then he got traded to San Francisco, I believe. I think he signed up. I think he was a free, he became a free agent. Yeah, he was a free agent. He, I think he went to San Francisco. Yeah, he did. I don't know if he made the roster or not, but so, yeah. So injury's not good for the Ravens, not at all. But I, let's see if Lamar can throw the ball. Yeah. If Lamar I mean, can throw the ball, it's not going to be a problem. Yeah, no, I agree. I absolutely agree. I mean, everything he hears, oh, he's a he's a running back. He's a running back. Well, let's see if he can prove that he's actually a quarterback. He clearly can throw the ball, but let's see how well he can do that on a consistent basis. And deep. Yes. Copy that. All right. So now let's move on to the Texans. Now, there's a lot of history going on with that franchise right now. Uh as of yesterday, Texans named Tyrod Taylor as their starting quarterback for week one. Interesting. So the Texans, like I just mentioned 20 seconds ago, have the weirdest constructed roster I've seen in my entire life. They had Tyrod Taylor at, at QB1 in the depth chart for a decent amount of time. They have a bunch of weird random rookies and they stopped, they started cutting and signing multiple people in like what seemed like multiple days. So they would cut a quarterback and get another one, then cut a quarterback, then get another one. Not to mention they have the whole Deshaun Watson issue, which on NFL.com, he's considered undetermined on the depth chart for the Houston Texans, which is absolutely hilarious. And Tyrod Taylor is their only option at quarterback. Honestly, the the whole Deshaun Watson thing is ridiculous. There's 26 women. This is either the biggest heist of all time. 
by 26 collaborative women or he did some messed up stuff. So uh, listen, I, there's no way you can trade him now. And they, they won't just cut him because they want something for him. He was their franchise quarterback. So listen, I, the Texans just need to figure it out. They made multiple weird GM moves. The GM's weird. The head coaching decision was weird. The players that they picked up in free agency, all one-year options and all players that just don't make sense together. The Houston Texans aren't really, I, I don't, I don't know. They want three first round picks and two second round picks for Deshaun Watson when he may or may not be going to jail for multiple life sentences. Come on. You can't make that decision right now. There's no possible way he's going to sit and, and I have a convoluted statement and whether it's true or not, it just makes sense. So if you put him on the exempt list, if the, if the Houston Texans place him on the exempt list, right. He doesn't have to be there and he gets paid. They're going to, he already called out the front office, called out the team, called out the coach and everybody. He pulled an Aaron Rodgers and talked crap on everybody above the head coach and probably even including the head coach at some point and said, he wanted to say, they didn't give him one. He said F you to the, to the top level office. It, it, it said F you to his bosses and everybody else. They're going to make him sit on the field unless he wants to get fined. They're going to make him sit on the field by not putting him on that list and watching that team stink. And he won't even be able to play. He won't even be able to save the day. They're doing it on purpose. It's they have to, they have to, because I would have gotten rid of this dude. I, I don't care what it would have been. He's a, he's more of a cancer than Le'Veon Bell for the locker room. You got this guy showing up. You have no idea if he inadvertently touched females or what he did. Masseuse, massage therapy. It doesn't matter what it was. You have no idea. It's a huge distraction, huge distraction for the team. It's a disaster. Tyler, it's a disaster. The Houston Texans are an absolute disaster. I 100% agree. Like I, I would just bite the bull and say, you know what? Screw the money. Done. Goodbye. We're not having you on that team. The fact that J.J. Watt left, like you would think he would have been a Texan the rest of his life. Like he's literally probably their best player that ever they ever had. I mean – and he just walks away. He goes, no, it's best. It's the, it's the best interest in me and the team that I leave. Why? Clearly he knew something was going on. He absolutely knew something was going on with ownership or whatever. Yeah, and what does he do? He goes to the Cardinals. I would love to have him on the Giants. There's rumors he was going to go to the Giants. Shit. Giants need a defensive end. We need something. Like, I just. Look, the te- Houston Texans are not worth any more of our efforts. It's not worth any more of our time. So let, let's talk about this ridiculous dude, Nick Shook. Let's talk about this guy. So Nick Shook, NFL writer, came out with an article ranking the best trios in NFL. Okay, I did not write down every single one. I just did the top five. All right. So number one, they have the Packers with Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and then Devontae Adams. What do you feel about that one? So I agree. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones – and Devontae Adams, top three. Aaron Jones is a, is a top five back, especially in PBR fantasy leagues. So I, he can do everything in the backfield. He's like one of those all-around guys, and he's not really that big. So, and Aaron Rodgers, MVP. We'll see. if he, I don't think there's any possible way that Aaron Rodgers can play to the, to the ability that he did last season, but I don't even think he has to be that good uh, to, to work in that offense. 
And Devontae Adams has got some sort of gum on his on his hits, on his gloves. He just doesn't drop anything. So he, he just doesn't. He runs the best routes. He catches every every pass, whether it be a 50-50 ball or not, and he catches touchdown passes. So he's literally everything you need from a wide receiver. Hands down, number one trio. Hands down. So number two, they have Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Holmes, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and Tyreek Hill. I mean, Tyreek Hill is literally the fastest wide receiver in all of football. There's no – there's his name's a cheetah. Like, clearly you have to be the fastest. Not only is his name Cheetah, but he challenged Usain Bolt to a race. So any any human being that is challenging Usain Bolt to a race, granted, Usain Bolt's a little bit older now, but he still ran a very fast 100-meter dash. So, and people are talking about Tyreek winning this race. So listen, I watch the Chiefs a lot. One of my good friends is, is a huge Chiefs fan. If this was a trio... I would have kept Tyreek out and put Travis Kelsey in personally for my own personal belief. Even with this Clyde Edwards, Hilaire is not, he hasn't proven anything yet. Got dinged up last year. They are still using Daryl Williams in their, in their run schemes. They have Jarek McKinnon now. So he's going to lose some of those targets out of the backfield. Mahomes is the best player in the league. Like we don't got to talk about that. Mahomes is the best player, but best quarterback, best player in the league. It, I like I've been wrong a lot of times about football and I really didn't think that his play from college was going to translate to the NFL. It did had a perfect coach for it. Granted, they're definitely locked up in the number two spot. So I don't have any problems with them being a number two, whether it be with Tyreek Hill as the pass catcher or Travis Kelsey. No, I have to agree. I have to agree. Uh, Number three, quote unquote, America's team, Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott and CD lamb. All right. So I disagree. Uh, not only because I absolutely hate America's team, but um, I don't, I don't think that Dak Prescott shown me much of anything. I think that people have overreacted based on the Cowboys being blown into America's team. Um, I don't think uh, this is, might sound a little personal. So sorry for all the Cowboys fans out there. I don't think you're America's team. Uh, there's a team called the Patriots that have been very relevant for the past two decades because of the best quarterback in NFL history, Tom Brady. Uh, Their name is the Patriots. So I know there was Cowboys in our early country, but uh, the Patriots were also earlier. So listen, your team is the most polarizing team. And yes, you are worth the most amount of money, $5.6 billion for a sports franchise. But Dak Prescott hasn't shown me enough. Ezekiel Elliott's I want to eat, look like I got a spoon in my mouth and then rush for 700 yards in a season and almost get outperformed by Tony Pollard. Uh, Anybody who can tell me where Tony Pollard went to college, you win this episode of the podcast. Um, Listen, CeeDee Lamb didn't do as much as Jefferson. He didn't do anything close to as much as Jefferson. Yes, they had no quarterback play last year. Dak got hurt week four. Everyone's like, oh, Dak was about to set records last year. Dak's about to set records. He played four games. What was their record in four games? One and three. He won one game that they came back from 20 down. That's it. They lost and got smacked. All of his yardage came in garbage time of those games. They were down by more than two touchdowns in all of the games that Dak was in before he got hurt. Listen, I haven't seen enough from CD. He's going to be a good player. 
Zeke Elliott, he had two good seasons. The rest of them have been mediocre. Why are you getting paid all that money to be mediocre? Sounds like a Kirk Cousins dilemma. I'm just saying. But like, I'm what about saying. Amari Cooper, though? Like, I mean, Amari Cooper's a good wide receiver. Like, but you have C.D. Lamb above him. C.D. Lamb has been in the league for what, a year? Correct. And you just read my mind because that was my next point. Why is Amari Cooper not above C.D. Lamb on this list? Amari Cooper runs great routes. All of the passes that he did not catch last year were because the quarterbacks throwing to him don't know how to lead a receiver. I learned how to do that when I was nine. Throw it in front of him. Not that hard. Listen, it sounds harsh. Listen, I'm a little biased. Everybody's a little biased, okay? But I don't think I've seen enough, point blank. I don't think I've seen enough from Dak. He got paid. Let's see if he's worth that money. Let's see if he's worth that money. But for me, number three is in that scheme and for a, a, for a game in a trio for an offensive scheme, I've got the Tennessee Titans with Ryan Tannehill in that scheme with Derrick Henry getting fed all of those carries and A.J. Brown being able to take the top off the defense and any play action off of Derrick Henry. I got Tennessee at number three for my, my, best, my third best trio. No, I have to agree. Ryan Tannehill changed his career around. He literally became one of the worst quarterbacks to literally probably to top five. Like, went from the Dolphins, which, granted, anyone from the Dolphins is just – I feel bad for that organization because that man, that owner, I, I don't get him. He's – he needs to go. Um, but, no, definitely I agree. I mean, do you, do you agree Derrick Henry is the best running back in all of football? Right now, the only argument that you can make against him is that he doesn't do enough in the past game. But if you make that argument, you should also make the argument of he outrushed the second most rusher by multiple hundreds of yards, which they probably caught in the air anyway. So, yes, it would be better if he had more. Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, PPR league and fantasy qualities, right? That would help them out. But they have Julio. They have decent tight ends. They have A.J. Brown. So they don't really need the people. They don't need him to catch balls out of the backfield. They need him to establish the game on on the ground so that they can do the play action off of that. And the Tennessee Titans will be fine. The problem with them is their defense. Their defense is terrible. Like, they're going to be a little better than a below-average defense this year. So I would say maybe 25th, 24th, 25th ranked. So they're going to have to win in shootouts. And, like, I've made multiple comments about teams that have to win in shootouts. It's You don't score 35, 40 points a game. It doesn't happen. Not in the NFL. And you can't consistently expect your offense to, to carry to carry games. Like, you need to be at least average on defense to take some of that pressure off your offense. I mean, the only team I I can see where their offense can carry the team for the whole year is the Chiefs. That's the only team I can say. That's absolutely the only team. I agree 100%. So, number four, he had Nick Shook has Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, and DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf is amazing. I will never stop hyping up DK Metcalf. He is the biggest dude at the baddest dude. Yes. He finished last in Olympic trial sprint off in the, in the, for the Olympics. It was epic to watch him even compete in that. Um, but I also have Seattle at number four. Listen, Chris Carson, you could say what you want about him. He's injury prone, but the dude just runs, man. 
He runs people over. He can catch the ball on the backfield. He's similar to like your Raheem Mostert type yeah. running back. So I don't have an issue with Chris Carson. Russell Wilson's always going to be a dynamic player. Even if he's got to carry the team, You he proved that Russ could cook and he proved that he doesn't have to to win games. So he's going to get you to win those games. So, and DK, Tyler Lockett, they drafted two young wide receivers uh, from, from smaller schools, but both of them are going to be speedster slot guys. So then you can even leave Tyler Lockett and DK outside and put these guys on the inside and just demolish uh, like inexperienced safeties and, and bigger linebackers. So I, I believe that, that Seattle should be in that number four spot for sure. I absolutely love, I absolutely love Seattle. Like I, I don't know what it is. Like you're not supposed to like your like two teams in the same division or like the same league or anything like that. But for some reason, I'm a, I love lime green as my color. Like it's my favorite color. So that like that draws me to them. But I love Russell Wilson. I love DK Metcalf. Like D- last year, I had them both on my fantasy teams. Put up great points for me. Can't tell you how many times they won the game for me. Um, the play that DK made last year was ridiculous. I like against the Cardinals. I mean, that was I mouth just dropped seeing that. So I I agree though. I definitely agree. They'll always have something. They're they'll always be like one of the top teams I think in the league. Um, and number five, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady, Ronald Jones, and Mike Evans. All right, so. I don't know how this guy feels about how long he's been doing this list for. Like, is this just last year? Is this everybody's career? I took this as like a leading up from last season type deal. So if this guy's saying that he's doing it based on the, like the last 10 years, the last five years, 20, whatever, however long these people have been in the league that my, what I'm about to say is going to be extremely wrong, but that's not how I interpreted it. So I actually have the Los Angeles chargers at number five. Listen, Justin Herbert, awesome. Broke all the rookie quarterback records. He played so much better than Tua, and he got drafted after Tua. He played unbelievably after Tua, and and you all should have saw it coming because Tua is a small quarterback who is injury-prone. It's not that mobile, whereas you have Justin Herbert, who's a huge quarterback, decently mobile with a bigger arm from, from a school that put a lot of pressure on him at Oregon. He, he performed well there. Listen, Justin Herbert, he's going to be good for a while. I, he's going to be way better than Tua. I am not a Tua guy. Um, I don't think I ever will be unless he proves that he can throw the ball down the field. I, and they don't have huge running backs to lean on. So t- Justin Herbert's definitely going to be good enough for a quarterback. Austin Eckler, very underrated running back. Great for fantasy teams. Anybody out there, if you can get Eckler, catches. I got he, him. He has more targets. Gets more targets almost than Christian McCaffrey. And Christian McCaffrey had like 160 targets or like some ridiculous number of targets in a season as a for a running back. He made he had multiple 100 yard receptions seasons as a running back. I haven't had a hundred yard reception wide receiver since Randy Moss. <laughs> Like what? That's insane. That's insane. He did it in back-to-back years. It's unbelievable. And then Keenan Allen, another underrated player. They said he was slow. He ran like a four, six, eight coming out of college. You don't have to be fast as a wide receiver. Just catch the freaking ball. The dude runs amazing routes. He doesn't drop passes and he catches most of his targets. What else can you want from a wide receiver? 
He doesn't have to burn people down the field if he's catching 40-yard passes. I understand it would be helpful if you had Tyreek Hill speed, but it would be helpful for anybody to have Tyreek Hill speed. So you got to work with what you got, and he definitely is really excels at what he's good at. And moving on, I have three notable notable mentions. This one I'm going to get crap from too probably because I'm, I'm being a little biased. But the Minnesota Vikings, so Kirk Cousins is mediocre. I already made that comment. Very mediocre, not worth the money he's getting paid, but he is definitely better than half of the quarterbacks in the league. Dalvin Cook, dynamic, dynamic running back. And Justin Jefferson, the rookie, coming out. And I can put Thielen there as well. Uh, great stories from both of them. They said Justin Jefferson couldn't play outside. He had to play the slot. That is not true. He had 1,400 yards receiving, 90 receptions, and nine touchdowns. So anybody who said that is wrong. And then you've got Adam Thielen, who was a uh, special teams guy for – was an undrafted free agent out of Minnesota State Mankato. Uh, if anybody, if you guys know where that is or have been there, you should probably go up there. It's beautiful up there. But Minnesota State, not a very well-known uh, – he's a local homeboy. Local homeboy. And uh, he walked on, played special teams for five years, and then all of a sudden broke out. Amazing story. Awesome. One of my favorite Vikings of all time. And I've been a fan since 99. So uh, next is the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards, even with the injuries, and Mark Andrews, who we talked about getting the extension. Oh, those three, great combo. That's what the Ravens offense is about. They got Sammy Watkins. They drafted Rashad Bateman from Minnesota to help with, with him getting the ball down the field. They don't even need to. Lamar Jackson wins 80% of his games since he's a starter. 80% of his games. Think about that. Eight out of 10. And everyone said he was a running back. And everybody's saying he's a running back and can't throw the ball. He led the league in touchdown passes. How can you not throw the ball if you lead the league in touchdown passes? He had more than Patrick Mahomes. I'm sorry, what? For all the people out there, listen, it's just facts, people. It's just facts. I'm just, I'm just, some of it's biased, but that is a fact. All of those statements are facts. And then everybody hates the Raiders, including me, because John Gruden's a joke. But Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, and Darren Waller, all three of them get hated on because the Raiders are not that good, but they're actually decent players. Derek Carr's better than Kirk Cousins. Derek Carr's a good player. Josh Jacobs, underrated player. Yeah, Great story. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then Darren Waller is one of, one of the three dynamic tight ends in the league. After that, it's a huge drop-off. Darren Waller, George Kittle, and Travis Kelsey can turn around any football team. So those are my notables. Honestly, I don't mind this guy. I did some research on him. I didn't really know that much about Nick Shook. He's all right. I just think he's a little skewed, and I would like to know what his criteria in terms of years were. He didn't do a bad job. I agreed with three out of the five. But all right, let's so Ty, let's move on. So you wanted this, so I gave it to you. So I did uh, divisional recaps for all eight divisions, and Ty came up, and we were talking about what we want to do for the, for the segment. So he said, well, why don't we do the best team and the worst team in each division? I'm like, okay, let's do it. So I went back. I'm not changing any of my picks. I'm not Colin Cowherd. I don't get any of my picks. I'm, none of my picks are able to be changed. Once you make them, you got to stick to them. I'm not a quitter. Nothing has changed. So, all right, Ty, I want you to go through division by division and just read off what you got for the best team and the worst team in each division. All right. So I was pretty much looking at last year's record because – 
it's baseball season still for me. So right now, baseball is top priority. But if I had to pick between who's going to win each division, who's going to be in last place in their division, starting off with the AFC North, it was kind of a toss-up between Baltimore and the Steelers. But I'm going to go with the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger, yes, he's old. He was declining last year, but they have one of the top head coaches in the league. They have Juju, and then their defense, TJ Watt, come on. He's scary. Absolutely scary. Um, I have the Bengals losing. I have the Bengals going 5-12. and 12. I mean, Joe Burrow got hurt last year. See how he recovers from that. I mean, they have Mixon, but, I mean, besides that, who else do they have? I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but let me know. Uh, AFC South, I have the Titans winning. Tannehill having a great year. Um, he's definitely changed his career around. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Derrick Henry, top three running backs in the league, like has to be. He can run anyone over. And they picked up Julio Jones, which granted he's hurt a lot, but I think he's going to add a couple more wins to them. I have the Texans losing. I have them going two and 15 with the drama. No, no faith Two it. Two and 15. No faith. Continue. I love it. Go ahead. With all the drama that's going on with Watson, who knows if he's ever going to play. So I just, they lost, they lost JJ Watt. I just, I have no faith in them. I have, who's their head coach? I don't know who their head coach is. That's, yeah, no, I had two and 15. AFC East, I have the Bills. I have the Bills going 12 and five. And I have, and with Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen. Josh Allen was fantastic last year. Diggs definitely helped him out. I mean, you're a Minnesota fan. You've seen Diggs your his pretty much his whole career, basically. I love oh. I have a love-hate relationship with Stefan Diggs, so I'm not gonna get into that at this exact moment of this podcast, but you know exactly why that is. So continue. Okay. Hey, we witnessed that miracle catch. So yep, so, complete sidebar. Gotta bring that up. So Tyler was actually at my apartment. Um, when my, me and my girlfriend got our first apartment, uh, Tyler and his fiance, well, it's now fiance, uh, Jamie came over to watch the saints Vikings NFC championship game uh, with case when that was the case Keenum year with the Minneapolis miracle. Awesome. Uh, best game I've ever watched. We, we had a bro moment. It was real. We definitely um, did. I think we took a shot afterwards too. Yeah. Was, yeah there was a lot. I was drunk as I was very in, inebriated that night. Um, multiple <laughs> drinks, multiple, multiple. So, all right, just a little sidebar, but yes, Stefan Diggs, great player. I have a love hate relationship because he tried to talk trash on my entire organization, but also supported the organization by giving us the Minneapolis miracle. So, you know, 50, 50. This might be a surprise, but just because I can't stand them, I have the Patriots losing that division. I'm going six and 11 and they have a rookie quarterback. It's, I mean, I guess yeah, you can go like Bill Belichick and turn the team around and do whatever he wants, basically. And then they can be a 11 and six record. Like, who knows? But uh, I'm going with, I'm going with, I have more faith for some reason. I have more faith in the Jets. I don't know why, but I have more faith in the Jets, even though they have a rookie quarterback as well. But I don't know. I'm just hoping, like, yes, I'm a Giants fan, but the Jets, it's like being a Mets fan. Like they're always like they're always projected to be somewhat good, but like they're not. So 
it'll be nice for that fan base to win something at least. All right, that's the AFC. What do you got for the NFC? Well, we're missing the Chiefs and the Broncos for the AFC West. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Let's move on to the AFC West. I'm jumping <laughs> too far ahead. Look at that. <laughs> so AFC West, no doubt about it, Chiefs. I think that's like a given. There's I have them going 14 and three. Like you can't Mahomes, best quarterback in the league. Come on. He number one. Like the guy makes miracle throws. Like it's nothing. All these no look passes. I mean, he has some speed too. He can run down the field. I wouldn't want him to. I want him to keep his legs and save his arm, but if he needs to, you'll do it. Uh Ty have one of the fastest wide receivers in the league. Tyreek Hill, best tight end in the league with Travis Kelsey. And you have one of the best coaches as well, Andy Reid. I love Andy Reid. I think he's there's something about him that like he understands every single one of his players and what they're good at and what where they need. I feel like he positions them well. Granted, their defense I don't think is that great, especially the last couple of years. And then even with last year, I mean, I think that the I think the Chiefs would have won the Super Bowl if they had a better offensive line. That's just my opinion. So I have them going 14 and 3. I have the Broncos losing the division at 4 and 13. So we'll see. I have uh Teddy Bridgewater. Yes, he was good with the Saints as a backup role. Um, I don't it's I have respect for him especially with his injury that he went through. Like I've seen that. That was terrible. Like, and it's, I'm glad like now he's, I mean, he went with the, with the Panthers last year. And so, I mean, I, I just, who's their head coach. I don't know who their head coach is. I don't like, I mean, you have Sutton, you have a decent defense, but I just, I just, I don't think they're going to win. I don't think they're going to go above four wins. Now we got the NFC, NFC North. Sorry, Cole, but I have the Packers winning that division. So does everybody else. Yeah. So it's fair. Yeah. I had them going 13 and four. Now I don't, it's hard for me. It's kind of hard if I'm going to bet. I can't, I can't bet against Rogers, Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is definitely the top three wide receivers in the league. Like, there's no hands down about it. Like, it's, he's just – I don't know how he catches everything. Absolutely everything. And then I have the Lions losing the division, which I feel like that's not a surprise at all. I had them going 6-11. and 11. The fact that you gave him six wins is interesting. But other than that, I agree with you 100%. I mean, they have golf. I mean, I don't think golf is a terrible quarterback. I mean, he, you saw a glimpse of him a couple of years ago when the Rams are good. I mean, it's he can definitely throw the ball, but I don't, they, I don't think they have enough weapons, in my opinion. It's not my turn, but I'm going to interject. Uh, golf, Jared Goff is one of those quarterbacks, uh, low ceiling, high floor. Uh, he was low ceiling, high floor on a, on a L.A. Rams team that had way more players, way more weapons on it. So now you're basically picking him up. Same player. Right. He's not going to double his output on the Lions and you're giving him no support with a worse coach. So it's that that's basically just what it comes down to. Football math is what I like to call it. Yeah, no, I agree. NFC South. 
I have the championship Buccaneers winning that one. I, I think they're going to make it far into the playoffs again. I wouldn't be surprised if it's going to be uh, Bucks and Chiefs Super Bowl again. I think only reason why I'm picking the Bucks is because Drew Brees retired. I think Drew Brees last year, it was, I mean, the games that they played, I guess it was, they were close in some aspects, but I think because Drew Brees is no longer playing football and is no, lo- no longer running that offense, I think the Bucks are going to win it. Who knows, James? Like, I don't know. It's like Winston, he's, uh, is he going to throw 30 interceptions this year? Is he going to throw 30 touchdowns? Who knows? We don't know. We don't know. And I have the Falcons losing that division as well. I have the Falcons going three and 14. NFC East. Unfortunately, and the only reason why I picked this team is because I can't stand the Eagles. I live in Philadelphia, basically the outskirts. I say, I should say in Philadelphia, but I have, I have the Cowboys winning. Unfortunately, I wish it was the Giants, but I have the Cowboys going 10 and 7 with Amari Cooper, Dap Prescott, Elliott. I, I just think, I, I think that division to me is so weak in a way that it's, I think it's very unpredictable. And that's just my opinion. I could be wrong. You can ask me this question week 10, and I'll let you know how I feel. If it's the same, but I think it's a weak division. I think it's so up in the air. Like every team in a way improved besides, I think the Eagles. I mean, I don't think you saw enough with Hurts, but I just think the Cowboys are going to win. I think they're going to pull it off. I think that last year, Cowboys would have definitely won that division if, if Dak didn't get hurt. There's no hands about it. There's no, I, they would have absolutely won that division. They would have ran through it like there was nothing else. And then I have the Giants losing the division. I'm going seven and ten. I think there's I can't trust Daniel Jones. Who knows if Barkley is going to be healthy or not? Granted, he's on my fantasy team, but I don't think he's gonna who knows. I would I think they should lock him up though. I absolutely think they should lock him up. I mean, he's a Lehigh Valley boy. We're from the Lehigh Valley. We've seen him play at Whitehall when they played the Red Rovers. So I just, I, I like him, but I, I don't have faith in Daniel Jones. I think, like you said before, I think Daniel Jones, if he's given up until Thanksgiving, give him up to Thanksgiving, see what he does. If he's garbage, see you later, you're done. Time to draft or sign a, a quarterback. Defense, they're projecting in their, the Giants defense, they're projected to be one of the best in the league. I could see it. But I just think who knows how long their defense is going to hold them over. And I think that was the same thing with last year. Last year, their defense was holding them over for a while. And then at the end of the, of the season, it just – they weren't there. NFC West. I have the Seahawks winning. I have the Seahawks going 11-5. I love Russell Wilson. I love DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett is fantastic. He's one of those guys where – He's like, he's shifty. He's one of those guys where you can throw the ball 50 yards. Couldn't he won't, he's completely covered. And then at the last second, boom, he's open. Do not pick up Tyler Lockett in fantasy leagues. He will get 43 points in one week and then he will get negative two the next week. 
Inconsistency. See, I, was, I, I had him last year, and he was good for me last year. I had him last year, and he had a 50-point a game, and then the next three weeks he had, like, 2.7. I had him and DK on, my, on one team last year. That's dope. It was dope, but it was hard because it's like, who do you want to have more? Like, what? And then I have the 49ers losing the division. I have them going eight and nine. I just think with Garoppolo, like he's, is he going to be healthy as well? Who who knows? Who knows? I just, those are my projections. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But this, like I said earlier, I didn't, I just went by last year. I didn't look at, I didn't watch any preseason football this year so far. Like I didn't watch any of it. So these are my projections. I can't wait to see what yours are. All right. So there's two things that I'm going to agree with you on. Number one, I'm not going to tell you they're wrong, your projections, but they're definitely different than mine. Number two, <laughs> you watching preseason football does not help you in this because everybody sat every starter. And the more interesting thing to watch nowadays is seven on seven joint practices. Now, not only for the football that is going on, but also the fights. I wish we could see those. Yes. Um, so we have three divisions that are exactly the same. The AFC South. I also have the Titans and the Texans. You have no faith in the Texans winning more than two games. I have them at five and 12. That's literally the only difference. Other than that, we're exactly the same on that. AFC West, I have the ch- – uh, actually, no. So we're different on the AFC West. Um, I have the Raiders losing the division because of my belief that the Raiders' defense has been neglected for multiple years and that, honestly – I literally have no faith in John Gruden. The Raiders are going to lose that division. Five and 12. I believe that the Broncos will be good, unlike you. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater does not lose games, he, but he also doesn't win games. So at the same point, he's not going to be the one that tanks your season. Now, the two that I have the biggest problem with right now is your NFC East and your NFC West. So your NFC East is off by everything. So I... Uh, I can't just going to be honest with you. I got the Washington football team winning and the Eagles tanking at four and 13 Philadelphia ain't going nowhere this year. I'll tell you that my friend. So I would love to see it. The Eagles defensive secondary is atrocious. Everybody on their offense is young. You're going to trust Avante Smith to be a number one wide receiver. Whilst he weighs less, he weighs 40 pounds less than me. Not happening. He's going to get rocked. He's going to get rocked this year, mark my words. And it's not going to be by someone on purpose, but he's going to get rocked. Washington football team, best defense in that division. Hands down, yes. Cowboys, no way. Giants, I think the Joe Judge thing is going to come back to haunt them at some point because some of their players are going to be prima donnas about the way they were treated. I don't think they have enough mental strength to better yet get through a week of being given sprints versus yet a 17-week season. So that's going to hold them back. And then the NFC West, dude, I got the Rams. Uh, listen, I got the Rams winning. Matthew Stafford's going to turn that around. He's twice the quarterback Jared Goff is. Even with Cam Akers out and them losing some pieces on defense, still going to be all right. And then the Cardinals losing the division. I actually have a tie with the 49ers at 8-9. and nine. That's going to be the strongest division. So I think Kyler wins them a few games, some more Hale Murray plays, so to speak. And then they're, they're just going to be the worst two teams in that division. All right, guys. Let's go. Week one predictions. Okay. So I did a little thing on DraftKings. We've done a parlay segment. I'm going to do another one after this, but I just wanted to give you guys a heads up. So if you pick all 16 games for the week one season, 
the exact picks that I made on on DraftKings, 16, you had to get all of them right. It's 3,011 to one odds. So if you bet $3, you win $9,033. All right, let's get started. First game of the year, Thursday night football. Bucks take down the Cowboys. Cowboys don't have enough. Bucks have a lot more than them. Don't I don't believe in Dak. There's no possible way that the Cowboys come out on top. I'm going to take the Bucks to win by at least two scores. Moving on. Vikings at the Bengals. Vikings are too strong. Bengals, Joe Burrow. I have no idea if Joe Burrow is going to be okay coming back. They already said he's a bit tentative in practice and in the pre and uh, in some of the joint practices that they've had so far. Vikings are going to come out hot. Defense has made improvements. Offense, offensively, they possess two things that the Bengals could not do last year, which was stop the run, and they have no secondary. So Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, if you have any of those players in fantasy, start, start, start them. Next game, Jags at the Texans. Tyler has no faith in the Texans to win more than two games. Well, guess what, Ty? They're getting at least one win this week. They're beating the Jags. Urban Meyer's not going to do anything. The Jags team themselves is not going to win this game. Trevor Lawrence is going to look good, but it's going to be a high-scoring game. I would take the over. The over is 44 and a half, but I got the Texans winning. I disagree. You can disagree. That's fine. But guess Trevor what? Trevor Lawrence all the way. Urban Meyer, let's go. $3,000. So guess what? All right, moving on. Chargers at the Washington football team. Football team's got a strong defense, but I believe, believe in Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's going to get the win. It's going to be a close game, but the Chargers will get the win. Seahawks at the Colts. Seahawks come out on top. Colts have a lot of injuries, a lot in terms of offensive line, T.Y. Hilton, and some defensive players as well. The If you look up their depth chart on ESPN.com, a lot of cues. And you know what that means when there's a lot of cues, a lot of questionable people that may or may not play. Jets at the Panthers. I don't know why you are so high on the Jets this year, Ty. Not a single clue as to why you're that high on the Jets, but I'm not that high on the Panthers. However, Sam Darnold's got enough to beat the very injury-depleted defense of the New York Jets. They lost their premier pass rusher. They lost their best free agent acquisition middle linebacker and Easton high school secondary is better than theirs. So with that being said, Carolina takes the win. We're going to go Cardinals at the Titans, Derrick Henry all day. JJ Watt, good player. Chandler Jones, great player. Buda Baker, great player. Those are some three solid players, but they cannot stop the Tennessee Titans roll Titans in this game. Please take them and take the points. Moving on, 49ers at the Lions. The Lions are a joke. So the Lions, with the Lions being a joke, uh, 49ers are favored by seven and a half. I would take the seven and a half. Jared Goff is doing absolutely nothing against the San Francisco 49ers as a Ram. He will definitely do nothing against them as a Lion. Moving on, we're taking the Bills to beat the Steelers in Buffalo. And once again, don't know why Tyler's so high on the on the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, TJ, they lost, they lost a lot on defense, their offense, big Ben. Eh. We'll see if Najee Harris can carry him. Uh, we got Deontay loves to drop the ball. Johnson. We have no idea what's going to happen with them, but Buffalo a hundred percent will win this game. They have a better, I think they have a better defense. I think they have a better offense. They're going to win the game. Moving on Eagles at the Falcons. Listen, if you watch anything about Colin Cowherd, he hasn't won a single bet against like betting on the Falcons for what he says is 38 years. I don't believe that's an actual statement. However, I 
don't have that problem. So I will be taking the Falcons to smother the Eagles in this game and then talk crap on every Eagles fan that tries to talk crap on me at work. So that's going to be very nice for me after I take the Falcons to win this game and they win by two touchdowns. That's what I'm calling. Moving on, Packers at the Saints. The game is in Jacksonville at some stadium. I have no idea because of Hurricane Ida. They are not playing in New Orleans, so New Orleans will be the home team. However, Packers are going to roll in this game. Jameis Winston is going to have a better season, 100% based on the way Sean Payton coaches. However, the Packers are too strong. It's going to be an absolute shootout. I think the over-under right now is at 50. Uh, it's probably going to go upwards of 52, maybe 53 by the by Sunday. So that is going to be a high-scoring game. But Aaron Rodgers, I believe, will be able to do enough to pick apart that defense. He's motivated, although I think he's still considered a distraction for this team because he will not play for them next season. Broncos at the Giants. Tyler's down on his own team, similar to the Mets conversation where he's down on his own team. However, I think they're coming out on top. And I think he would agree with me since he thinks that the Broncos are going four and 13. Now the Broncos have a good defense. I'm higher on the Broncos than he is. And I'm higher on Teddy than he is. However, I think the giants have a good game. I think their defense is underrated and I think they're going to show up enough to allow the Broncos not to score enough points, low scoring game in this one giants win by a field goal. I think the giants will win dolphin dolphins at the Patriots. Listen, Ty thinks the Patriots are going six and eleven. I, I don't think that they're going six and eleven. Um, but the Dolphins are winning this game. I, I, Tua has enough weapons. I don't think Tua is amazing, but I think the Dolphins' defense is going to take it's going to take enough away from the defense of the Patriots. There's two things you know that are true in the NFL. It's that you can beat the Patriots early in the season and you can't beat the Chiefs early in the season. So honestly, I'm going to stick with that. They're beatable, but you can't beat the Patriots at the end of the season. They're going to be stronger then. Plus, Mac Jones is getting super hyped for no reason from everyone. Stop. Stop. Dolphins win by three and a half. Covering the spread. Next game. Browns at the Chiefs. I'm going to go against a statement I just went against. The Browns will win. They will win this game. They made a lot of defensive pickups, a lot of defensive pickups. I think the Chiefs are going to come out with high heads, and they're not. They're going to underestimate Baker Mayfield. Listen, they're six-and-a-half-point underdogs, so if you don't believe me that they're going to win, take them and the six-and-a-half points. Patrick Mahomes is going to come out hot. This over-under is going to get upwards of 60. So if you have an opportunity, this is going to be a high-scoring game. The Chiefs' defense is weaker than the average defense. The Browns' defense is strong, but it's Patrick Mahomes. So it's I think the Browns win this game. No one else is going to agree with me, but guess what? I'm, I'm going with the Browns because the Chiefs will not go undefeated and they have to lose at least one game. So this is that game. Right off the bat, wow. Right off the bat, then they win 16 in a row. Watch, it's going to happen. <laughs> Moving on, Sunday night football, Rams at the Bears. Sorry, Bears at the Rams. My bad, my bad. Bears at the Rams. Andy Dalton is, Andy Dalton is starting this football game. The How Bears long? are going to get molly by the Rams. Rams will win by at least two touchdowns. If you can take an alternate spread, do it. Andy Dalton, they say he's going to be a starter. I don't think that Matt Nagy, their head coach, 
has the balls to pull him in this game and put Justin Fields in with Aaron Donald on the field. I don't think he has the balls, to be quite frank, although he probably should. So Justin Fields, good player. I hope they don't play him for the next four years because they're in my division, although he'll be in quicker than people think. Bears don't have enough. They lost some, some veteran presence on defense, and the veteran presence they still have is getting older. So we'll see what happens. Um, but I do not think the Bears have a shot of winning this game all over L.A. Rams in that game. Ravens at the Raiders. There are so many people that are picking the Raiders on this game. I have no idea why they're doing this. So Lamar Jackson is going to absolutely pick apart that piss poor defense. The Raiders don't have any, they don't have anybody on defense. Lamar Jackson can still throw the ball and he can definitely throw the ball against a, a high school caliber defense of the Las Vegas Raiders. So the, the Ravens will win. They are favored by a decent amount in this game. So if they're going to cover, so don't worry about that. Take them money line for sure. If you want to take them minus their, the points, please do that as well. They're not a, not a chance. Not a chance that the Raiders come out and destroy the Ravens. Ravens defense is still good. They have offensive weapons. They're a little dinged up at running back, but Lamar Jackson's half of a running back. So Gus Edwards is good. They signed Le'Veon Bell, even though I hate Le'Veon Bell. They signed him. He's going to be able to get some touches. So they'll be, they'll be good to go. So those are my picks. Those are the blazing saddle picks for Cole, Ty, I know you disagreed with a few, but guess what? If you bet that at a do- on a dollar, I'll even bet the dollar for you. I'll put it in. You just let me know what your picks are, and we'll see if one of us can be rich. How's that sound? Hey, student loans got to get paid, so. Hey, t- hey, listen, it's a do- you bet a dollar. What the- I'll-, I'll bet the dollar for you. You've done enough for me in our lifetimes, right? <laughs> so, All right, so uh, that was just a little spoof. For DraftKings, for all the week one predictions, if you're not as big of a better and you think, because it's very hard to pick 16 games correct in a row, especially in one week. So I used to do this as a kid. It's basically your average football pool for my mom's company. I think the entire seven years that I did it, I think it was from fifth grade. No, I think it was from third grade all the way up till 10th grade. I did it. I went undefeated twice and got the exact Monday night score. So in seven years, I did it twice. I wish I had DraftKings back in third grade. That would have been awesome. But um, yeah, I only won like 125 bucks when I could have won like three grand. But so uh, I'm much more of a safer bet. So we're going to do a, another parlay segment. So that was, a, that was a parlay as well. But that's just some, some fun and game stuff if you want to pick them all. Long shot. I think uh, this is a five-leg parlay, which means it's five different outcomes. These are the best five outcomes for week one. So it's five and a half to one odds via DraftKings. So if you bet $3 or you bet $5, you win $5.50 for every dollar. So it'd be $27.50 if you bet $5 on it. Not a, not a bad payout if you're doing uh, the small bets or what have you. So I've got the Rams money line. Listen, like I said already, there's no way they're losing to the Bears. Take the Rams money line. They're like minus 265. Vegas knows usually and has the right idea of what things are what what's happening so definitely take the rams money line bucks money line i already went over this take an alternate spread right now the spread's eight they're gonna win by 20 i i think they're gonna win by 20 so definitely take the bucks money line and get this in by thursday or before the game starts so you can make that bet titans money line listen 
Kyler Murray is not going to beat Derrick Henry at anything, pretty much, especially running the football. Now, the Titans' defense is terrible, but they do get after the quarterback from time to time, and Kyler is going to have to figure it out. I don't, I don't think that the Cardinals have the firepower that they need to beat the Titans, and especially in Tennessee. There's no way. There's no way. So definitely go uh, Titans money line for sure. 49ers money line. We've, we've talked at exhaustion about how bad the, the, the Detroit Lions are. It, listen, I, don't, I think their coach is taking way too much heat. Dan Campbell's not that bad of a coach, but you know what is bad? Their football team. So, listen, take the 49ers money line. They're getting seven and a half. Like, the Lions are getting seven and a half. They're going to lose by more than that. And listen, and it's in a dome. Jimmy G in a dome. That offense in a dome, that defense in a dome, the kickers. No, take the 49ers money line. And the last one, which everyone's probably going to push on this, but every time I did this last season, it worked. And I believe I'm going to keep it going. So I'm taking the over on the Jaguars-Texans game. They played twice last year. I bet the over both times at one. And I took three different overs last season with the Jaguars in it, and they all won as well. Listen, a lot can be said for teams that have no defense. They're going to score a lot of points. The over-under is 44 and a half, which means all they need is 45 to cover. That game will be 23 to 22 at, the, at minimum. The teams are underrated. Their defenses are both absolutely terrible. So the score is going to be in the 30s at least. So that's your your parlay. I already have that bet in on DraftKings. So we are 100% in on that. Make that bet just in recap so you guys have it. The Rams money line, the Bucks Buccaneers money line, the Titans money line, the 49ers money line, and the over in the Jags-Texans game of 44 and a half. All right, once again, Tyler, thank you for joining me. So, guys, this is the end of the podcast. We're ready. Football season's about to start. By the time this episode comes out, we'll be on the day, I believe, of football in the 2021 season. So, I appreciate it. It's taken us longer than a day to make this podcast. A little bit of background. My internet connection is terrible. So, Tyler's been a, a, a real champion for sticking with me on this. Bad internet. We got... We got Zoom going in and out. We got my internet dropping. So I know we're supposed to do back-to-back ep- episodes on back-to-back days. Thank you guys for sticking with me on that. Um, appreciate you guys listening. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you can. Five stars, please. Especially if you like the podcast, please leave your favorite team, whether it be baseball or football. And when you guys became a fan, we'd like to know all the listeners out there that like and like and enjoy the podcast, where you guys are, what kind of fans you are, so we can interact that way. Hopefully going to have the Instagram page up or considering making my own website for the podcast so you guys could leave comments. I can post up videos. We could do like a fun, I'm walking, I post a video, say some weird, crazy hot take and see if you guys agree with it or not. We do some interactive stuff. So I might, I'll do either do the Instagram or do the webpage, uh, personal um, website. So we'll see what happens with that. Appreciate all you guys um, working on getting on a lot more platforms. I know a lot of people watch on Google podcasts. 
So people watch on Alexa, Amazon Music, trying to get on all of them, Pandora, so that you uh, anybody who listens on any platform can listen on whatever their favorite platform is. I really appreciate you guys listening again. Tyler, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, dude. Hey, I love being on. So I might be wrong on football, but hey, ask me again in a couple of weeks. We'll see how anything changes. It's completely fine if you're wrong on football because I will 100% be wrong on baseball. So we can we can bounce bounce off each other, and, and you're definitely going to be back on because we definitely will be talking some more baseball. Clearly, people like listening to us talk about baseball, so we're gonna we're gonna have some baseball out. Hopefully, maybe before the postseason, maybe right at the beginning, we'll do some do some analyzation of some of the teams that made it into the wild card. We can even revisit some of the picks we made and see if we were close. So yeah, absolutely. So we'll be I'm talking down. to you guys again. Once again, everyone, thank you so much. I love talking to you guys. It's really, really, uh, uh, it's one of my dreams. And everybody always told me I had a radio voice uh, and a perfect voice for radio. And I, I love talking to you guys and I love talking sports. So thank you so much for the support. Tyler, thank you so much for being on the podcast, even though we don't make any money right now and we're doing it for free. We love to do it anyway. So you know what? Screw it. We love it. All right, exactly. I'm coming after you, Colin Coward. We're about to be the about to be the number one podcast ever. No, I'm just kidding. Shout out to Colin <laughs> Coward, Pat McAfee, and John Middlecoff for giving me the motivation to start my own podcast. So, all right, let's go, Vikes. Week one. I hope all your teams win. Everybody, hope all your your dreams come true for your teams in week one. Remember, week one's always weird. It's either a huge success or a huge disappointment. I've learned that the hard way since 1999. All right, from my man cave, from Tyler's man cave. And to all the all-in Mancavians, like I always say, have a good day. Peace.